Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, y'all. I am so excited to be back in front of the microphone with you this week. I am excited about today's topic because it hits very close to home. Um, and I wanted to kind of give, I guess, a refresh. Um, it's been a while since y'all have heard my voice again. I have been like throwing in some throwback episodes. I've been doing some interviews. And I know that I just recently did the Mental Health Awareness Month series. And so I want to kind of end this month off with how to maintain your faith while you are healing. I have recently switched over to doing therapy full time. Uh, For those of you that that don't know professionally, my background is in mental health and I am a licensed clinical social worker, which means that I am a licensed therapist. And I thought about this topic because I think now I am pretty much at the point of about to discharge from therapy as a client. And I have really um, taken some time in between seeing my therapist. I think the last time she and I actually spoke was in April, like the top of April. So it's been quite a bit of time since I've talked to her. And I actually won't see her again until July. And I've been considering actually um, discharging, which we talked about um, in the last couple of sessions that I had with her. And I I really think that I thought about, you know, all the things that I have processed through in counseling and gone through. I personally have been in my mental health journey now for four years um, with the same therapist and thinking about it coming to an end again, I always consider, you know, what has therapy taught me more personally about my faith? And I think when there are times where just because I feel like you go to counseling and you, you know, heal through all these different things, you process through all these different things, that doesn't mean you're not susceptible to experiencing anxiety again, experiencing depression again. The difference is that you have the tools and the understanding and the self-awareness to be able to have a level of maturity, know how to process it better and respond differently to the way you may or may not have done in the past. Whereas for some people, their response to trauma or an experience with someone or experiencing something that was very hurtful, grief even in fact, 
there is sometimes a period of time of learning how to process and think through it without suppressing it. Most of us, in a natural way, want to suppress those feelings. We don't want to deal with them. Naturally, your way of dealing with it may look different for, for you versus somebody else. Some people shut down. Some people act outwardly. Some people kind of just say, forget it. But I think our reactions to the way we deal with whatever trauma or situation we're experiencing has a lot to do with not only our maturity about it, but also how we in general process any type of emotion. And so this has a great deal and a great big impact on faith. And I wanted to bring this topic up because I think a lot of times we as believers can often struggle in our faith because we hold so much weight on if we are or aren't believing. We we hold a lot of shame there. We hold a lot of feelings of just con- condemnation. We feel like God is angry with us or we feel like, why can't we get this right? And we almost, and it's extremely frustrating at times to be in a place of healing or starting to work through different trauma or be in a process where you are actively working on things and struggling to maintain your faith in the process. It can almost feel sometimes very heavy. It can also feel at times you're doing everything you thought would be helpful, but still having and finding that you're may go through periods of time where you may struggle with maintaining your faith. And we all kind of know the standard things people say, you know, get in your word, worship, um, get around people who can encourage you. But what do you do when you are really like in that space of maybe you just started your process of really processing and it's and you're noticing your thought patterns are changing. The way you look at people are shifting. The way you're dealing with things is changing. The way you're handling things is more challenging. I'm trying to I'm going to create two scenarios and pictures in your mind and then we're going to go through some ways and some I'm hoping to be some encouragement to you as you're maintaining your faith while you're healing because a lot of us are just now starting the process of counseling or been in counseling for a while and getting open to the idea of actually processing through these things and so you know two things in particular I can remember around the first and second year of counseling so this was around 2018 2019 this was all before the pandemic I remember just a period of time really struggling with therapy because I felt like, why do we keep coming back around to the same concept, the same thing? For me, it was a lack of worthiness. I really struggled with feeling worthy, feeling as though I had to be perfect in order to do X, Y, and Z, or just my therapist challenging me on my lack of self-worthiness It just was really hard to process because I felt like we talked for so long about it over and over again. And there was a lot of shame attached to that because I felt like if I don't get this right, nothing else is going to be right. But what I didn't realize was I had went through 20 some odd years of never being taught what it looks like to feel worthy. I didn't really understand it. I couldn't grasp the concept. I'd often, even in my faith walk with God, felt like it was really tied to religion, that my performance in the way that I was, was all attached to what I did, uh, whether that was an achievement, whether that was, quote unquote, me going after something with God, 
I didn't have this idea of doing things with God. I didn't have an idea of God just loving me regardless and that I don't have to do anything more to be accepted. The concept just wasn't clear to me in my mind. It's just I could not grasp it because, again, for so long, I had grew up basically experiencing either trying to not cause any more trouble, I guess you could say, in my home because there was already a lot of chaos, but also really never having this full understanding of what self-work looks like. And so through that process, it was very, I was very vulnerable. I was very sensitive to a lot of things. At the time, I believe me and my husband were experiencing, we were in our first year of marriage. And I want to say towards the end of our first year, we were really trying to pay off debt. So we both had to really work through our own financial I don't want to say trauma because we didn't really have trauma, but just our our financial decisions and really get on a budget together. And it was really challenging for me because I, girl, that's all another story. So I think it just really was hard for me to accept this concept of self-worth. And so I give this picture because I think Holy Spirit gave this to me because it's really important. And I think when you think of a person that's in the ICU, they are extremely vulnerable, extremely um, sensitive to anyone. They don't have a lot of visitors. They have one nurse assigned to them for the purpose of the sensitivity and the severity of their injury. And a lot of times when we are, are processing trauma, we leave therapy oftentimes feeling defeated, feeling like we can't get this right. Why would we not talk this stuff? Why didn't one tell us anything? Why were we treated this way? Why were the people that were responsible for us not handle us correctly with care? Why did God allow this to happen? All these different scenarios in our mind mentally. We don't know that that is such a very vulnerable place and it can be extremely sensitive and oftentimes very traumatic. And so there's, there's, you're so vulnerable to a lot of things that trying to engage and expose yourself like the way you're used to on a normal basis may be harder for you. And until you get to a place where you can step down, quote unquote, to a normal recovery room or normal area, it it may take some time for you to really process. Sometimes there were times I saw my therapist every week for like close to a year, the first year, because of just how broken I was. I really struggled with anxiety I really had a hard time really like being in my head and overthinking that it was really hard for me to grapple with my faith because although I believed in God, I had a very unhealthy view of the Lord, which caused me to feel a lot of shame towards him. And I felt as though I couldn't have a healthy relationship with God because it was tied to a lot of feelings of performance. And so I get this other picture of when you are driving down the street And there's construction. And most of the time when there's construction, that street is blocked off or some area of the street is blocked off because of the vulnerability of the workers working, but also safety. Sometimes creating those boundaries is necessary when you are in a very sensitive space because you are vulnerable to a lot of stuff when you are when you are processing through trauma. Any type of trauma doesn't have to be a grandiose thing to you to know and experience some type of trauma. And so because you are vulnerable, because there is a necessary of boundaries, I know for me, self-worth is always a trigger. There is something that happens whenever I'm going through something 
where my worth is sometimes triggered and I have to really understand and go back to a place of understanding who I am in God, understanding who I am as a person, my value, my worth, and really, really understanding that. And then with all of the things that are happening, I think we in general as believers, some of us can be really be struggling with the current events of the of the times we're in. We're struggling with understanding we're we're constantly exposed. We we don't know that a lot of these things are triggering a lot of trauma for us, whatever they may be. But it's also triggering us triggering us to lose faith. And I think for a lot of us, most of us, the level of the level of exposure that we have to a lot of these consistent traumas are impacting the way we believe and the way we trust and the way we inter- interact with the Lord, I believe. And so I wanted to really, going back to the center point of yourself, give you some points of how you can really maintain your faith while healing. I have five points to describe this. Then I'm going to give you a couple of practical things that you can do um, if you are someone that is struggling with this. So first, who you are is not what you're going through. So, or who you are is more than what you're going through. And I bring this up because I feel like the first thing that is often attacked is who we are, especially when we're going through something really challenging, whether it be anxiety or depression, the circumstances of our lives and the worries of the world oftentimes take us into a place of feeling as though we're not good enough. And so we become really uncomfortable with that. And it makes us question who we are when who we are as a believer, if we are born again, Christian, we are God's kids, period. And I oftentimes think that society creates this persona that the more you have or the more you do or the more you can hold on to or the more impact you have, that it equates to some form of acceptance We all want acceptance. We all want to feel like we are accepted. No one wants to feel like they're abandoned or they're not doing enough. But I think that we don't often realize that who we are in general is not more than what we're going is 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 who we are is more than what we're going through. And 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 I was thinking about this one day. I was pulling out of the driveway and the scripture came to my mind of God reigns on the just and the unjust. Good and evil people will often go through something. There's no fairy tale picture life. And I think even the people we admire, we don't realize that they have to get up, put on clothes, poop in a poop in a toilet. And that's probably not a good picture of something, but I say that to say we all have to we all are going through something and we're doing the same thing. We're all human beings. But that doesn't define who we are. And I know it's easier said than done. But most of the time, the current circumstances we're in, years from now, they don't define who we are. They don't define what we're going to go through. They really, really are situations and circumstances to either draw us back to God, to help us get before him. Because a lot of times God will use those things to help us get before him. For myself in general, in this season, it's been very different. Um I think that's why I haven't been so interactive on social media. I haven't been really out there as much because I'm just kind of trying to understand what this feels like. It feels very different. It feels very different to not be 
pressed to share a bunch of stuff on social, be engaged as much as I used to. And it's very different. But it also is forcing me to live life and forcing me to be in front of God in a way that is very vulnerable. And so it's it's really pushing me to say, like, who I am as a person is more than what I may be going through or experiencing. So number two, sometimes processing helps you just have the ability to overcome and identify. This is what that means. So oftentimes in therapy, you're talking, you're talking out what may have happened, you're sharing, you're venting. We in the therapy space call that processing. So we process through feelings and we talk about that. Most of the time when you're talking or you're in your own head or you're in yourself, you don't have an outward or outside view of what you're feeling. Your therapist is there to help you identify and almost kind of help you pinpoint, hey, well, this happened, so this might be where this is coming from. And so most of the time in our daily lives, we don't do this. We shut down, we close off, we stay in our minds, we think we're burdens to people, we don't know how to share in a vulnerable way. And so because of that, we don't process our feelings, we don't talk it out, and we don't often then hear what could be helpful, what couldn't be helpful, depending upon the situation. And so maintaining your faith with this is sometimes you have to talk things out to overcome and identify it. You have to sometimes in counseling identify what is the thing that the enemy is using against you constantly to hold you up and hold you from what you think is what you know to be yours based on what the promise of God says. But oftentimes, because we don't talk it out, we don't have the option to then receive any feedback, any help, any other perspective to then grow. And so a big part of maintaining your healing while you are trying to also maintain your faith while you're healing is being very open to receive help to process. Okay. Number three, religion is not relationship. I'm going to say that again. Religion is not relationship. And I'm going to give this from a professional perspective. The mental health space is very new to the faith space, meaning that there's only been more recently conversations around mental health, which means that people in the faith space are still trying to understand this as well. I don't think that um, one sermon or a couple Sunday series is going to be able to address the magnitude and the complexity of mental health in general. I think it's going to take a lot of education. We as clinicians have to constantly be educated on our practice constantly, constantly, if not on a continuous basis, consult with each other every single week. I, for one of the part-time therapy practices I work for, we meet every Thursday to talk about cases Because there's never really just, I may think something, but I may need to get counsel from other people. And so I say that to say with religion, not um, religion is not relationship. Our, our mental health can only in a spiritual way be handled by a spiritual being, which is God. And so I say that to say, that yes, church is amazing. And yes, it is super important for us to have the support of the faith space because 
we need to have more understanding of the complexity of this and really handle it with care. It needs to be handled with care, understanding, love, patience, and that is only going to happen with God. But on the flip side of that, there isn't a thing where sometimes you can just, um, what I like to say, just pray it away. Yes, prayer is a powerful tool. Yes, prayer is one of our weaponry spiritually. But a lot of times we have to understand that our relationship with God is going to be the thing that carries us through a lot of these things. And in order to build a relationship with God authentically, we sometimes even have to process through the, the religious the religious spirit and the things that we have been taught that have been religion. There's so many different things I've heard from people around suicide and just how you'll go to hell. And and and, and I'm I'm never gonna put my words to anything that you know someone may be really believe. But I really think that it is important that we understand what gets a person to a suicidal thought. What gets somebody to that place? Most of the time, they have experienced such a high level of trauma or they have been sad for a long period of time. And that is a spiritual um, attack. But also more in generally, if we're just handling it on a practical level, it's really important to, as in the faith space, understand suicide understand what what can get someone to that point and we are all very 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 new to this mental health space and so because of that in the faith space I think we need to be open and very sensitive to understanding what these things mean what does it look like to have an eating disorder what does it look like to experience sexual trauma What does it look like when you're molested and you're told that you're going to die if you tell somebody anything? The type of abandonment and isolation that it feels like when a parent dies when you're eight or nine years old, when you experience shoot, um, being grown up in the hood and hearing gunshots and not understanding why you're always hypervigilant and always concerned about your safety on a continuous basis. These are things that in the face space, You really just have to be educated on. And so I say when it comes to religion is not a relationship, God has to walk us through this. But it takes community of believers, relationship with each other, being open to hear, being open to love and process through with each other to do this. On the flip side of that, we have to understand that our perception of God is really important. And so for me, again, like I said, my perception of God was very flawed. It was tied to perfection. I grew up in church basically hearing, don't do X, Y, and Z. If you do X, Y, and Z, you know, God is going to punish you. And so because of that, I, my perspective of God was not loving. My perspective of God was not graceful. It was, I need to do right, or I'm going to be in trouble all the time. But also on the flip side of that, I had a very earthly example of that example in my father, meaning he never really interacted with me unless I was in trouble. So my perception of God was very tied to that. I didn't know who the true living God was until I kind of started processing my own trauma and then studying who God was in the word and really understanding to know God's heart, God's love, my relationship with him and being open to processing through my trauma. Okay. Okay.
Number four, even when it hurts, and there'll be a lot of hurt there, there is still a reason to keep going. So I say this to say, especially for my people who are experiencing a lot of trauma or have experienced a lot of trauma, we all have experienced trauma, let me just say. In the last two to three years, we've experienced a multitude of trauma with the pandemic um, and just the changes and everything and the just overall exposure we've had to so many different things. And so even when it hurts, and there's a, there's a lot of hurt going on right now. This morning I was even um, super emotional about the school shooting that happened uh, last week in Texas and just thinking about as a parent, my son and thinking about just having these flashes of my of me being a parent that lost a child and just the emotion that brought to me just secondary experience. But even when it hurts a lot, there is still a reason to keep going. On the other end of this, speaking very more so spiritually, God's eyes are never taken off of these things. And I remember when I was upset this morning, I was just saying, Lord, help us, please, like help us through this. I felt like I felt God's heart of God doesn't want murder. God doesn't want or enjoy to see people in this state of hurt, just just high levels of hurt in a way that I think um, really impacts us. I don't think God, God doesn't enjoy that. I don't think he likes to see his kids be impacted in such a way. But because sin is in this world, we live in a place of sin. And because God is holy, he can, you know, he's not connected to sin in any way, but he is connected to us through Jesus. And so we get that privilege and that honor of coming to him as a father um, or coming to him as his children to experience some level of comfort. And Jesus describes in the Bible as Holy Spirit being a comfort to us. And so finding comfort in each other sharing how you feel, processing how you feel. And I feel like that's one of those reasons why it's important to know that. And then lastly, in how to maintain your faith while healing is to know your triggers and create boundaries. You're going to experience a lot of emotion. And in a way, if you're especially in your therapy and you're really in therapy and you're really taking it seriously, you're going to experience a lot of emotion and you're going to experience a lot of Feelings of why do I have to keep talking about this? Why is it still coming up? Um, You're going to probably feel a lot of anger. You're going to probably go through periods of doubt. You're going to go through periods of fear, periods of just frustration. Unraveling those feelings at times does not often feel normal. It almost feels stupid. It feels like, what am I doing this for? Why the hell am I going through this? And I don't want you all to think that this is a feeling of defeat or that you are wrong or that you are not pursuing the things that you know you need to. But I want you to also understand this is the the exposure, the exposure of the enemy. This is exposure. And when we don't really understand why we're being hit, it's hard to fight back when you don't know what the what the trigger is. And so I say, know your triggers and create boundaries. Know the things that are impacting you and create boundaries so that you are well. There is a period of time, I remember um, earlier this year, 
I got off social media for a little while. That was like a couple months ago um, because I just was not at a place where I could take it in. It just, it wasn't going to make me well. It was going to make me question myself, think that I wasn't enough. Um, And that level of vulnerability was a trigger. And so in order to, and you know, here's the thing. Some people are emotionally strong. Shout out to them people. Godspeed to them. For some of us who might need a little bit more to process through, there's no shame in that. I I want y'all to think like, just because somebody is emotionally strong and they can kind of press through it, cool. But for some of us who might need a little bit more, there's no shame with that. And so for me, there have been times where I told myself I should be able to get past this. I should be able to do this. But I'm also not protecting my heart. And the Bible talks about guarding your heart above all because out of it flows the issues of life. My heart is vulnerable when I am vulnerable. And if I'm processing through something that's really overwhelming and can be you know, hard for me to think through, I got to guard the very place that the things that are going to flow out are going to impact. And so create, know your triggers, but also create boundaries. If you struggle, if you're in a process or you're going through a breakup and you're really having a hard time with it and you're like, God, please just, just give me a break. I need a minute. And he's calling you to something else. You got to understand that it's okay to create boundaries around those things to give yourself the time, but don't allow your your feelings to push you to push you away from God. Because sometimes that's the first thing that goes is we push God away. And I'm not saying that as if it doesn't, it's not going to happen at times. Sometimes it does, but that closeness that you feel towards God, that peace you feel is necessary because we cannot do this life without him. When he's not involved, it's very hard for us to kind of pinpoint what's happening. And so practically, you know, I want to just tell you, Get simple with your routines. Pour into yourself on a consistent weekly basis. After therapy, have a tradition for yourself where you do something nice for yourself on a consistent basis when you leave counseling. Um, Have support around you, people that can pour into you. Be mindful that emotional pain can oftentimes be similar to physical pain. You may feel the physical impacts of therapy where you just might be actually tired, fatigued, those are can be those can be symptoms of just having to process through trauma. And it may even overall impact your functioning, which is like not wanting to clean up, not wanting to wash clothes. Delegate some of those things. Find a way where you can put, you know, time or money into some other things that can be helpful to you as you're going through this. I just got our laundry sent off like last week, y'all. I'll put a coupon code in the show notes for ten dollars off such share if y'all are interested. I sent like three weeks worth of laundry off. It was 60 bucks. And the fact that I did not have to wash a lick of clothes, I sent it off one morning and came back the following evening. I just needed that break. So $10 off code in the show notes if you're interested. (laughs) But I say that to say, sometimes you have to do those things for yourself to be better. And it's okay. Practically start thinking about that as a means to help yourself versus be and feel like you have to be every woman because you don't. So this is about maintaining your faith, believing and trusting God. These are practical things. These are not, uh, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't trying to get like super, super deep, but I also know that the level of sometimes the traumas that we've experienced 
or the feelings that we're having to process, it's hard to grapple with. It's hard to grapple with forgiveness when you don't understand why somebody doesn't have the capacity to honor you and respect you. It's 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 hard to like it's like girl, how do I deal with that? But I just want you to know it's possible. It's very possible to go through healing. It's very possible to go through healing with the father. If anybody, you know, we have to handle sometimes spiritual matters spiritually. So there are times where you fast. There's some, there are often times you pray and you wrestle with God about the things that have happened. So he can give you clear understanding. But also there are times where you don't have to wrestle with him and just know that he's going to take care of you regardless of what is going to happen. Um, that is a promise from Christ that we don't have to worry about those things because we are loved by the Father. So getting y'all's word, definitely spend time with the Father. Um, trust the process of your healing journey. I promise you it's worth it on the other side. If you talk to people who have gone through therapy, they will tell you it is worth it on the other side. Um, I love y'all. I can't wait to talk to y'all next week. And I hope you have a good one. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.